Hello and welcome to Super Great Kids Stories, wise tales from storytellers around the world, which will make you laugh and sometimes cry. Recommended for ages 5 to 105. I'm Kim and I love stories. Hello, Super Great Kids. I hope you had a happy week. I'm pleased because this week we're releasing the film of our show for subscribers. And today we've got not one, but two stories for you. One from Scandinavia about a little person called Anissa whose favourite food is porridge. And another short, scary, not scary ghost story as a little trailer to get us in the mood for Halloween. I wonder how many scary stories you can think of while we have a quick word with the grown-ups. Hello, super great kids. I'm back. How many scary stories did you think of? Well, I wonder if you thought of all the Baba Yaga stories and Odon the Giant and how the mosquitoes became with the whistling giants and the monster in the maze, and the beast who wants a feast, and many, many more. I wonder which you think is the scariest and what you think makes a story scary in the first place. Now, it's time for the first of our two stories this week. This one, the Nisa's new suit, is not at all scary. It's dedicated to new Patreon member Max, who's just turned seven and is from Stockport in the UK. Right, are you sitting comfortably? Am I sitting comfortably? Then let's give a warm welcome to our storyteller, Tiernan Duyem. Have you ever wished you could have a magical friend who popped in at night and just tidied your room or did all of your homework for you? Yeah, me too. That would be so helpful, wouldn't it? You could go to bed knowing your little pal would have it all sorted for you by the morning. In the old stories of Norway, there are many tales about helpful little people called the Nisa. They usually appear around the end of autumn or in winter. They have long white beards, conical hats that are grey or red in colour, and their clothes are always a bit worn out and tatty, like the ones you might wear for playing outside or doing painting. The Nisa help with farm work, and they make sure all of the animals, particularly the cows and horses, are well looked after. People say that the Nisa see themselves as little guardians of a family and their farm, protecting them from harm. But sometimes they can be very bad-tempered. You're going to hear a story about a family who wanted to thank their little Nisa for helping them. But things didn't quite work out the way they intended. Once upon a time, in Erstfold in the south of Norway, there was a little farm run by a milkmaid and her husband. On this farm, they had cows, and every morning the milkmaid would collect the milk and churn it into butter to sell at the market. They also had horses, which the milkmaid's husband looked after. It was a lot of work for the young couple, but they were very lucky because every night a kind and helpful Nisa would appear. He would safely lead the cows into the barn and make sure they all had sweet-smelling hay and some water to drink. And the horses? 
Well, the man wouldn't even have to bring them in at night because once the Nisa arrived, he would put them in the stable, rub them down with straw, rub-a-dub-dub, put straw in their manger, swish-swash-swish, and fill their water bucket too. The man knew the Nisa liked doing this. The horses seemed very happy and it made his life much easier. So what was not to like? The man thanked their little helper in his prayers and let the Nisa do his work. Now, the man and the milkmaid were very careful to look after their Nisa and thank him for everything he did. Every holiday, the milkmaid and the man would leave a gift out for the Nisa, a bowl of sour cream porridge with a pat of butter on top. They would come down in the morning to find all of it scoffed up and the bowl licked clean. Slurp, slurp, burp. On Christmas Eve, the milkmaid would put an extra pat of butter on the top because people said that was the bit the Nisa liked more than anything else. Do you like butter on your porridge? Well, of course, and you can see why it was the Nisa's favourite too. Yum, yum, yummity yum, buttery porridge in my tum. And the man would make new clothes for their small friend on his birthday to replace the tatty ones and leave them out in the stables. And that way, the Nisa would keep warm when the snows came. You see, they'd heard tales of the Nisa losing their temper. One story came from a farm across the fjord where people said the farmer accidentally put the pat of butter underneath the porridge instead of on top. And the Nisa was so furious that he let all the cows out, shooed them till they ran away and they were never seen again. In another story, a milkmaid was so hungry, she ate the porridge that had been left out for her family's Nisa. That night, the Nisa found his bowl empty and tracked the scent of porridge all the way to a very full sleeping milkmaid and he was so furious that he gave her a nasty bite on the arm. That wasn't very nice, was it? And Nisa's bite is said to be poisonous and I'm so sorry to have to tell you that that milkmaid was never quite the same again. So this milkmaid and her husband, on their farm in Ursland, they weren't going to make a mistake like that. No, no, no. They knew how the Nisa liked his porridge, they knew what work he liked doing, and they left it to him. And they knew exactly what size clothes he needed, which was usually extra, extra, extra small. Then one day, the milkmaid and her husband were talking, and they realised just how important their little friend was. Everyone remarked how their horses were the finest and the best looked after in the land and the milk and butter from their cows was known for miles as the creamiest and tastiest. That was all down to the love and care their little Nisa gave their cows. So the couple felt that maybe just an extra pat of butter or some new clothes wasn't quite enough. They wanted to show how grateful they were for his help and they thought perhaps what they could do for the Nisa's birthday this year was make him a really fancy suit. The sort of suit you'd find worn by only the fanciest of people. The kind to wear to a posh ball or a grand banquet. The milkmaid and her husband set about buying what they needed. The softest material, the shiniest thread and buttons that dazzled and sparkled. And the two of them spent every evening for months making this shiny new outfit, sewing and stitching until this beautiful luxury silver suit was finished. They just knew their Nisa would like it. So that year, the night before his birthday, along with the porridge with the extra pat of butter, they put the silver suit out for their Nisa and went to bed. 
The next day, the porridge bowl was licked clean and the suit was gone. The milkmaid and her husband told each other that their Nisa must have really liked his present. Then that night, the skies opened and rain fell like a waterfall. It was bucketing it down and everything was drenched and soaked through. The man didn't bother to bring the horses in, though, because the Nisa liked doing that. So instead, he ran inside and he and the milkmaid waited. And waited. And waited. But the horses remained outside in the endless rain, looking shivery and really very sad. Wondering where the Nisa was and very worried about him, the milkmaid and her husband got dressed and went out into the rain calling for him. Nisa! Nisa! And they found him, standing in his brand new suit inside the barn, looking very pleased with himself indeed. Nisa, said the milkmaid, what's happened? Didn't you see the horses outside in the rain? And the Nisa puffed up his chest and did a little twirl. Of course I did. If you think I'm going out in this weather, you must be mad. I'm not going out in all this rain or I'll ruin my lovely suit. I'm far too fancy now to work somewhere mucky like this in all the hay and mud and cow dung. Bye-bye, piggy pie. And off he danced. And I'm sorry to have to tell you that they never saw him ever again. And that is the end of that story. Thanks very much to Tiananmen for that tale. Is it possible, I wonder, to be too kind? I wonder if there are Nisa living in your house. Maybe you could try leaving out some porridge and see if it gets licked clean. Of course, it might just be your cat. Now, we thought we'd give you a little taster of a scary, not scary story in the run-up to Halloween. Here is the ghost of the bloody finger from Tiernan. And it really isn't dark, horrid scary, just a bit haunted house, wee ghosty daft sort of scary. Here's Tiernan. Do you like feeling a little bit scared? At this time of the year, it can be really fun to tell spooky stories and laugh about how silly they are afterwards. But with all scary tales, they often aren't as worrying or terrifying as you first think. This story is to be told around a campfire or while safely tucked up in bed, where no ghouls or monsters could ever get close. It might seem a little bit scary at first, but trust me when I say that when we get to the end, you will be in giggles. And those are the best type of scary stories, aren't they? In a town not far from here, you know the one, don't you? Yes, that's it. The one just over the hill and down the road and past the forest. That one. In that town, there was an old, old house that no one had lived in for years. Everyone refused to go near it because they said that this old, creaky, abandoned house was haunted. They didn't say by what or how they knew, but everyone nearby kept away and they warned all visitors do the same. On this particular day, a group of friends were sitting in a cafe, boasting about how brave they all were. I'm not scared of spiders, boasted one man, thinking he was very brave. Not even the big ones with the very hairy legs. 
Well, I'm not scared of the dark, said a woman, thinking she was very brave indeed, and I don't need a nightlight at bedtime or anything. Is that brave? How brave would you say you were? One man stood up and said very confidently, I am not afraid of anything. The other friends were very impressed, but they didn't believe him at all. If you're not afraid of anything, said the woman, then you should go and spend the night in that old abandoned house. The other friends all cheered. The brave man felt a little bit worried. Everyone said that house was haunted, but he didn't want to look silly and he had said he wasn't afraid of anything. All right then, I will. As the sun started to set, the brave man arrived at the old abandoned house. He was all by himself, clutching just a sleeping bag and a few snicky snacks. He took a deep breath and pushed the front door, which creaked as it opened. Can you make the sound of a creaking door? <coughs> the brave man carefully crept into every room, just to check in case there was anything scary in there. Tip, toe, tip, tip, toe. Nothing spooky in the living room. There was nothing even slightly creepy in the bathroom. Tip, toe, tip, tip, toe. Shh. In the kitchen, he couldn't find anything that worried him at all, except for a very old can of baked beans. Everything was covered in dust and cobwebs, but it wasn't scary, and the brave man felt relieved that he could continue to feel brave about staying the night. Tip. Toe, tip, tip, toe. Shh. Very quietly, he tiptoed up the stairs, which felt just like the upstairs of any house which no one had tidied for a long time, and he tiptoed into one of the bedrooms, which also didn't seem particularly spooky. And then the man laid his sleeping bag out on the floor and did his best to get to sleep. He had just started to doze off when he heard a very faint noise coming from downstairs. The brave man listened very closely to see if he could hear what it was, and it sounded like a voice saying this. I am the ghost of the bloody finger. I'm by the front door. That sounds strange, thought the man. It's probably just my imagination. Maybe it's the way the wind is whistling through the old house or a door is creaking again. And he put his head back down to sleep. But then he heard it again. And this time it was louder. I am the ghost of the bloody finger. I'm at the bottom of the stairs. I must be in the middle of a dream, thought the brave man. I'm definitely hearing things, and maybe my imagination is running wild because I'm trying to sleep somewhere new. I'm sure it's nothing at all. I must get to sleep, and then it'll be the morning in no time, and I can go home. But the minute he put his head down, there it was again, and this time even louder. I am the ghost of the bloody finger. I'm at the top of the stairs. The man knew now that he had definitely heard that, and it sounded very close indeed. He was not feeling very brave now, and he hid himself right tucked up in his sleeping bag, because as you and I know, you are always safe when you're tucked up in a sleeping bag. But he could still hear the voice, and it was coming even 
closer. I am the ghost of the bloody finger. I'm in the upstairs hall. The man hid his head under his hands and closed his eyes, but the voice got closer and closer. I am the ghost of the bloody finger. I'm at the bedroom door. The man was shaking in terror. The voice sounded like it was so close. And then he heard, I am the ghost of the bloody finger. I'm in the bedroom. The man screamed, ah, like he'd never screamed before. He was frozen in fear, dreading what would happen next. And then there was a pause. I am the ghost of the bloody finger. Do you have a plaster, please? You see? All okay in the end, wasn't it? And that's why it's not always wise to boast about how brave you are, and possibly even wiser to always carry a plaster. You know, just in case. Now you can tell that story to your friends and family round the campfire or while they're tucked up at bedtime and treat them to a little bit of scary but not too scary story. Thanks for that, Tiernan. More bonus scary stories coming next week for our subscribers. If you'd like to see Tiernan performing live in London, he's hosting a live show of his Comedy Club for Kids Radio Nonsense podcast at 2.30 on October the 26th at the Southbank Centre in London. So if you'd like to laugh along with Tiernan, do go along. Now, it's time for me to dig deep into my bag of happies and say some hellos and some thank yous. Thanks to all of our subscribers for helping to pay for our storytellers. We'd like to welcome all new Patreon donors. So, hello to Isla from San Diego, who is 10, Patrick, who is 7, and Forrest, who is 4. And hello to Mum, Shannon. Their favourite stories are The Girl Who Wished for Wings, The Tramp and the Boots, and Momo Taro the Peach Boy. And welcome to new Patreon member seven-year-old Max from Stockport, who was meant to come to our live show on his birthday, but a train strike stopped him from travelling down to London. So sorry, Max. I hope you had a good day in spite of the train strikes. And welcome to our new owlet, Willa, who is five in Boulder in Colorado, USA. And a big hello to super great kids story fan Blake, from the UK and to his brother Kit who is five and hello to super great kids fan in Germany John who is eight Catalea who is six Emmanuel who is three and Micah and Alicia who are both ten months now about our film of the show if you're an Apple subscriber and you want to watch the film of our show, which we're posting from this Friday, and haven't joined the Owlets Club on Facebook yet, then send us a message on Facebook Messenger and we'll tell you how to get access. And if you're a Patreon subscriber, the film will be live to view in Patreon on Friday. And now, some thank yous to budding artists who've been busy with pens and crayons and paint drawing your versions of our stories. Thanks to Felix and Braxton, who are both eight, from Australia. Braxton drew a super great picture of the stick woman story. 
and Felix drew a splendid open-mouthed crocky-wocky from the story Why Do Crocs Sleep With Their Mouths Open? Thanks for sharing your drawings. I wonder what you'd do if you found a crocodile in your school. And Arden, who is five, has drawn a colourful and energetic picture of Nora and the Aki fruit from Jamaica. Glad you like the story, Arden. I wonder if you can sing the song that goes with it. And Walter, who is seven, has drawn a lovely picture of the Irish story, The Griffin. I like the griffin's eagle head you've drawn, Walter, and the way he's yelling. He's not very polite, is he? And Lauren, who is seven and lives in New York, has sent a picture of the stick woman's story. Wasn't the stick woman clever, persuading the wolf, the bear and the lion not to eat her? I wonder if you can tell the story to someone at home, Lauren. And Sam, who is six, from Adelaide in Australia, has sent a very imaginative story medley picture, which combines several super great kids' stories. Have a look and see how many of the stories you recognise. A really super great drawing, Sam. Thank you. And Isla, who is six, from Ireland, has drawn a very imaginative Baba Yaga picture. I love all the stars and the moon and the ghosts. A great story to be drawing at this time of year, Isla. Super spooky. And Alice, who is five from Colorado Springs in the US, has shared a creative picture of a werewolf. I really like its green hair and the blood coming out of its mouth and all those eyes. And Milena from Germany, who is six and a half, has drawn a very stylish picture of how the snakes got their poison, the story from Brazil. Your drawing is so stylish and neat, Milena, and I love the way the Snake King is draped across his stone altar. Just brilliant. Thanks for sharing it. And Adelaide, who is six, has sent a fun picture of the Indian story, Bikubai and the Coconut. I really like the way you've drawn the man who's been left clinging on high up in the coconut tree. It's a very funny story, isn't it, Adelaide? And finally, Abby, who is four, from Lewisburg in West Virginia in the US, has sent a beautiful picture of Addy and the Zimwi. I really like the way you've drawn the tall Zimwi next to Addy, who is very, very small. And I like that Addy is still smiling even though she's probably quite scared. Glad you enjoyed listening to the stories at bedtime. I wonder if you can tell some stories to someone at home this Halloween. And thank you all. We love seeing your pictures. They're so creative. If you'd like to see them, they're on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash stories. That's it for this week. Thanks to all our subscribers for making this episode possible. Keep telling your stories to anyone who'll listen. This podcast was produced at Wardle Studios in London.